Uh, we're using oh, our old thing. technology yeah. um, because the new one failed us in this week's episode. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that bad. You did a great job with the editing. Oh, I had a friend that fixed it. We tried to use Google. Mm-hmm. I'll just I'll put them on blast. It was a. <laughs> what Google did you use? Google. We're using Google Meet. Okay. You can record on that too, but it just records it as a video. Mm. And the audio quality was just abysmal, especially for our guests. Yeah, they were having just... some connection issues. Mm-hmm. So it's not totally on Google. I think it's all on Google. They need to step up their game. Well, I mean, they're just a small electronics company yeah. starting up. Just a mom and pop kind of situation. Yeah, they'll get it together. Mm-hmm. Sorry for the the motorcycle. It's Mr. Turner. It's Mr. Turner. It's Mr. Turner. <laughs> He's coming to see what house he gets put in. Hyperion, unless someone real decides to sponsor us. This is Boy Meets World Fever, and I'm one of your hosts, Cameron. And I'm your other host, Chance. Oh, you have a fidget spinner. I do. It's like a ninja star fidget spinner. What year is it? I don't know. Um, So my girlfriend works with people with developmental disabilities, Mm -hmm. and fidget toys are actually really good for them. So she's constantly getting like supplies of different kinds of fidget toys in. Mm -hmm. And I saw this one and I liked it. It's pretty cool. <laughs> I feel like the general flow of stuff like that is like something useful is brought to the market for people who need it. And then everybody likes it. And then it gets banned because it just becomes awful. Like right now, poppets are that way. I don't know if you guys have ever seen a poppet. But it's like a silicone like shape with little dimples in it that you can push down and then flip it over and push them back down. And it makes a little popping sound. See, that would be great for it. certain people with developmental disabilities. But horrible for class when there's a student will just sit there and flip it over pop 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 oh, that ruin everything yeah i learned about a kids new ruin everything they really do they're the worst <laughs> um the the ones that i think are really cool is it's like a fidget spinner sort of but it's a ring you can wear it and you can just like spin the outside of the ring and it's really quiet. I was really I feel surprised. Like I do that with my ring just naturally. I'll just spin it on. I definitely do that with my wedding ring naturally. I don't know if I'm supposed to be talking yet. I'm sorry. You're um, good. Go. <laughs> How dare you? But they make a they make a, a ring like that, like a spinner ring that has a D20 on it, so you can spin it as a oh, dice for D and D. That's so cool. I want to get one. I would never wear it. I would get it and then never wear it. Use it as your wedding band. Okay. <laughs> came directly from my wife. And was recorded. Uh, it's it. on, it's there. Roll to wed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, roll to see if your argument in this uh, in this fight works. Oh, bad news! Definitely going to do that. It's definitely going to do that. It's a DC thirty-five. There's no, there's no hope <laughs> for you in that. Regard. You guys may be wondering, hey, who are these Yahoos talking to? We're the Yahoos here. Yeah, yeah. They're not oh, the Yahoos. They're not the Yahoos. Uh, well. Cameron, why don't you go ahead and introduce them? All right. Because it's Alden and Tanya. Alden and Tanya. 
on this episode of Boy Meets World. Fever's what they're doing. It's good to know I got friends who always podcast with me. Because it's Alden and Tanya. Yeah. Our first three-time guests, Alden yes. and Tanya. Maybe wow. here to join us. I really think our favorite people to podcast with. I mean, Aww. wow. That was so sweet. And Mr. Turner's going by again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they're having a biker rally where Alvin and Tanya live. That's not true. <laughs> For how they talk, I kind of wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Honestly. Sometimes. Are, uh, riding their bikes because there is no gas. So they need things that get like 80 miles to the gallon. Because um, you guys live in the world without gas, right? That's why people were putting it in mm-hmm. bags. Well, stuff. for about a day and a half, it was super important. I, I, like, I got gas today and it just struck me as so funny again and so ludicrous that I was able to just drive up and get gas. But two weeks ago, everyone was acting like we were about to run out and the world was going to end. <laughs> it's like Mad Max. We were like this close. <laughs> You're just evolving into tribes. And someone plays yeah. a fire guitar on top of a car. <laughs> That would happen in our neighborhood. I remember in like 2015-ish, but gas prices were getting really high and everyone was like expecting like a big collapse and like uh, it to be a, become a big deal. And then like six months later, everyone's like, hey, what happened to that whole gas problem? And all the experts were like, people started riding bikes and walking. I don't know. <laughs> the amount of almost collapse that we have lived through in our <laughs> lifetime, like y2k and all of this other stuff that has happened is incredible it's like at least once or twice a year i feel like there's a world ending event that takes and here we are podcasting about boy meets world we are so resilient we are we're the real heroes we will not we will not be defeated uh yeah did you guys this is really random did you guys have me like of those Y2K gadgets that were really popular right beforehand. What were the gadgets? What were Y2K gadgets? So we had a, they, they were all like jokes, of course. But ours oh. was, a, the, my favorite one and the one I remember was a Y2K flashlight. And it was like a ruler with a paper clip at the end and a box of matches in the middle. <laughs> and it was a Y2K flashlight. So you take it out, strike it, put it in. See, our, our Y2K gadget that I had at my house as a child was a giant bag of rice next to a giant bag of beans. That's what I was going to say. You, you, you have to have someone who's willing to see humor in it for that to happen, for there to be uh, jokes. But we grew up with religious families and we're told for years that that was going to be the end of the world. Oh, wow. The rapture was about to happen. I mean, I remember being in school in like 92 and and our Bible teacher talking about how that was going to be the end of the world. Okay. So it was ingrained in You guys were like that deep in it. It's like my (laughs) dad was a pastor and we were nowhere near that level of, like Southern Baptist pastor, we were nowhere near that level of extreme. I wasn't allowed to go to church for the annual New Year's celebration because of Y2K. I had to stay home from church because of the collapse. Like my mom was like, we won't be able to drive home. Why? (laughs) My dad worked for the United States Department of Agriculture and like no one in the government took Y2K seriously at all. Mm -hmm. Like, so they threw a big, I don't feel like that's really a good judge of whether something's serious (laughs) or not. I'm just saying like, no one, no one did. And like, the the United States Department of Agriculture threw this big like Y2K party where there were tons of like 
fun Y2K gadgets and stuff. In 20 years, there's going to be like one of a kid from like the next generation that was like, man, my dad was in politics in 2020 and they acted like COVID really wasn't even a thing. (laughs) They were throwing parties and like worship services and it was perfectly fine. I thought you were so even more so. I think it's funny to think like a hundred years in the future, someone's going to find those Y2K gag gifts and they're going to be like, they really had to, they had to live off of matches. <laughs> Things really did break down. Yeah. Look at what they had to resort to. Yeah. This is what they called a flashlight. This ruler is only six inches. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? What happened to the world in Y2K? I ask myself that every day. Yeah. Not about Y2K, but just in general. Like what's going on? So you might be asking yourself, dear listeners, what are we talking about? Why are we talking about Y2K? And I really don't know, but it's kind of related. So I'm just going to make it work. Okay. We're taking it back to 1998 or so-ish. I think we're talking, we're 96. I'm doing a really bad job. Hold on. My son just came out. <laughs> we, were, we, were, we were there. Uh, I think it's, it's got to be like 99-ish when it came out. When Do you guys remember? Out? When, oh. I thought it was like 96. No. Was it later? Yeah. How old am I? Old. I'm trying to think. How old was I in 2000? And then count backwards. 2001. What? No. <laughs> Harry Potter, the book? November 14th, 2001. The book. Sources, oh, the, are we talking about the book or the movie? Oh, the, with the book. When oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> Harry Potter, 97. 97. So we said, you said 96. He said 98. And I said 99. So we said every year, but <laughs> yep, it couldn't possibly have been 1997. <laughs> Alden was really thinking 97. He just yeah, that's that's no. That's he right. comes out with 2001. <laughs> 2001. That's the, the movie came out. Yeah, yeah. It is surprising that the movie didn't come out that long after the books. I thought it was more of a gap in between. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the movie, the books wouldn't have even been done. I I was, we graduated, me and Cameron, uh, we graduated high school the same year the last book came out. Hmm. So we were always around the same age as the characters in the book. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I always thought it was I was very much an adult when the last book came out. I mean, we were 18. We were 18. I think I was 22. When the last book came out? Yeah. Hi, Nashie. Mm-hmm. Hi. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Night, Noli. <laughs> this is the real Y2K. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but yeah. So that was my son. He's potty training right now. And so my other son was coming to say he needed to go to the bathroom. Mm. So that is important. Like I needed to honor that. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want that to be the one time that sticks with his head where he's like, dad said it's not a big deal. (laughs) In bed of all places. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So anyway, back to what we were saying. 1997. Did we look it up? Yes. Okay. 97. A little book came out. Just a little book that changed the world. Kind of did. Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. No, (laughs) I don't know when that one came out. Harry Potter by J.K. Rowling. Uh, We endorsed the books uh, and have probably have opinions on the woman but we're not sharing them she's not a good person probably 
seems, but what seems billionaire silly. is yeah <laughs> that's true um but yeah i mean it, it came out i mean it's a pretty important book especially in terms of children's literature a lot of people started reading because of it and we're going to talk about it mm-hmm. today and then we're going to talk about another series of books that came several years later, mid 2000, dots, dots, I think. One of those we looked up, one of those we didn't. We could have looked it up at the same time. Mm. I didn't think we were going to get this in the, I think it was the mid aughts. I just like saying mid aughts. It sounds nice. It's fun to say. Yeah. Really. 2005. Why when you look up The Lightning Thief, does the movie come out first? Sorry. That's what happened with Harry Potter. Uh, 2005. <laughs> wow. Mid aughts. Um, Thank you. The mid-aughts. <laughs> exactly. Um, as you might have heard, Percy Jackson and the Olympians. We're talking about both of them in relation to Boy Meets World mm-hmm. tonight, today, On whenever our, you're listening. This is our Boy Meets World Sorting Spectacular. And we, ba, 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 ba. we need to say that three times fast. <laughs> Boy Meets World Sorting Spectacular. Boy Meets World Sorting Spectacular. Boy Meets World Sorting Spectacular. I just want the Sorting Spectacular part. But his, <laughs> okay. You got first, it. You did it. First go at it. Made it seem a lot harder than it Yeah. <laughs> so we brought on some of our favorite people who we just like hanging out with to help us sort these characters into their house and figure out who their godly parent would be. Um, because that's just fun. Why not? Doing a good character analysis. I'm here for it. We're here for it too. <laughs> so what is your guys's, let's just go around the table and give a brief, like what our history with these two franchises is. Okay. I, Who's starting? I'll start because mine's the least exciting one. I, I mean, <laughs> Harry Potter, I have a, um, a, a huge uh, history with it. it it got me back into reading, I think. Um, I read a lot when I was a kid and a, and a young teenager, but then I thought I was too cool and started skateboarding and playing guitar. And uh, also, I feel like a lot of the fiction that you're given in school is awful and yeah. hard to read. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that turned me off of reading entirely. Um, and then in the, the late 90s, early aughts, as they say, um, I, a friend got me to read Harry Potter and that was it. Um, and from that point forward, I've, I'm a huge reader, but as far as Percy Jackson goes, um, I know that it existed because Tanya talks about it a lot. <laughs> um, and I know that I was supposed to read it and listen to it and watch the movies. Tanya, your turn. <laughs> <laughs> Do with that. Ending what you will. <laughs> um, back in 1997, I, I, um, I guess very, I, I loved books a lot. Like I read all the time and uh, my pastor decided to preach a whole sermon about a book for kids that we should not be allowed to read. And I immediately was like, I would like to read that book. <laughs> and I, I was babysitting like two (laughs) weeks later and saw the book sitting on top of their microwave. And uh, I was spending the night to babysit. It was like an overnight babysitting thing. And I read the whole thing because I just read it all night and I was obsessed with it. And then I would um, buy the book secretively at Walmart and then hide them under my mattress. And then get them thrown away. And oh my gosh, I had so many Harry Potter books thrown away away. Really, like my mom would find them and she would like go crazy like she would cry and throw them all away like she could not believe i brought that witchcraft into her house wow was harry potter the last hurrah of the satanic panic kind mm. of feel like it was. pokemon 
Well, no, Pokemon was before Harry before. Potter. No, yeah. They're about they're around the same time. Yeah, around the same time. It was like 98. It was 98. Right? Harry Potter was the last big one for sure. That's the last one I can remember at least. I think it was the last um, wholly agreed upon <laughs> satanic panic. Yeah. Gosh. Oh. Um, I guess I'll yes. go. So uh, that was my Harry Potter. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I interrupted. And then her mom threw away all of those books too. Well, see, at that point, when Percy Jackson came out, I was a whole adult and um, I read everything still. And I think I read the first two before the movie came out. I read those and then I watched the movie and loved the movie as well as the books. Um, I don't think I finished the series though, reading it. I don't think I have. So that's on my to-do list. Uh, There's a lot, lot of them to read. Oh, yeah. And like, I've read a couple of the like other series, Mm -hmm. um, but I want to read all of them at some point. Nice. How many are there? There's a a good bit. Um, 15. Oh. Kind of in the Percy Jackson universe proper. Mm -hmm. Because you have the the Olympians. We have Percy Percy Jackson and the Olympians, Heroes of Olympus, and then the Trials of Apollo. There's five of those now. Oh, did the fifth one come out? Mm -hmm. Oh, I haven't gotten it yet. I have not read any of those, but I have students that have, and one student that read like all 15 of those books in like two months. But in the universe, there's six more because you have the the King Chronicles and the the Magnus Chase. Mm -hmm. There's a lot. Wow. Um, Pick your flavor. Read them. You guys hold. I'm going to go ahead and read all those real quick. (laughs) Uh, It takes. So, yeah, it doesn't take long to read them. Trust me. I am not a fast reader and I can read them fairly quickly. Um, I will ask this time. Tanya, are you finished? I am finished. <laughs> you may proceed. I, I'm out of it. It's fine. It's going to be great. It's Friday night. Um, so I uh, hated Harry Potter growing up, not because I thought like it was, thought it was Satanic or anything. I just hated it because it was popular. Mm. So me and my friend, like, friend group would just be like, Harry Potter, you read that garbage that everyone's reading? <laughs> That's not cool. Um, <laughs> we thought we were really clever. We called it hairless pot smoker. Because... Got him. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> we were preteen boys. And... Rolls off the tongue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, and then the preview for the fourth movie came out. And this is not a joke. I was much older because, you know, the, the fourth movie had come, was coming out. So the books had been out for a while. I don't think the series was quite finished yet. But anyway. You know, it had been about Christmas... 2005 yeah so the preview for the fourth movie came out and i remember it very clearly i was sitting in my living room i didn't really have parents at this point in my life so i could pretty much do whatever i wanted but i was sitting in my living room i saw the commercial uh for the movie and i thought emma watson was so pretty that i ran out and rented the other movies so i could go watch that one in theaters (laughs) (laughs) um not even not even a joke. My teenage brain was like, I must watch this movie. <laughs> um, so she was my first celebrity crush, I suppose. Uh, well, not my first, but like. I was going to say, that's pretty late for your first celebrity crush. I, I've never actually been one for celebrity crushes, but Emma Watson was a big one, especially in my teenage years. Um, so yeah, we I ran out and I rented them. Then I saw the fourth movie in theaters. Um I saw every movie in theaters and after the fifth movie, I read all the books. I've only read them once. Mm. So, but I've seen all the movies a few times probably. Um, 
So that is my history with Harry Potter and how Emma Watson converted me into a Harry Potter fan. She truly <laughs> changed your life. She did. Uh, just by wearing a dress in a trailer. And now she'll know because <laughs> I'm sure she listens. Oh, yeah. It's true. Um, Percy Jackson, I really didn't know anything about until the series was finished for a while, I feel like. Um, when, when I got to college, I was a pretty big reader in high school, but it was mostly like, honestly, it was mostly Star Wars and Star Trek books. Hmm. Um, I have read probably close to 200 Star Wars books. And now like, none of them matter. It's true. <laughs> it's very true. I regret every Star Wars book I read for that reason. I feel like in my head, it's just wasted space now. <laughs> I see. I, I kind of feel the opposite because I feel like they were a lot better than what we've gotten <laughs> since. I agree. I just, I don't know. As soon as they said it's it's not canon, my brain was like, oh no, I know all this fake stuff now. (laughs) I've got an entire story in my head about the serial medic team. Wait, I have that. (laughs) Um, But so I was a pretty prolific reader, um, but mostly like, if you ever told me to read a book, I would say no, because I didn't like doing what I was told. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's you too. Yeah. If so, no one ever told me to read Star Wars and Star Trek books, so I read them instead. Um, and then when I got to college, everyone was reading like self-help books and theology books, and I was like, "Well, I gotta be like these guys." So I did that for like a year and a half, maybe two, and then I burned myself out. Never read another book. Like, <laughs> I just like stopped reading for more than a year, probably. And then Cameron, delight mm-hmm. that he is brought the uh, Percy Jackson books from his house to college. We were seniors, I believe. Um, and I read- way too old to be. It <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter to me. I read, I, I like picked up the first one because I'm like, I like Greek mythology. Greek mythology is cool. And I read all five in like a four day weekend. Like I flew through his Percy Jackson books and I was like, reading is fun? <laughs> what? I forgot that reading could be fun. Um, and from there, I've stayed pretty current with the series. I read all of the Magnus Chase books, all of the Kane Chronicles, and every Percy Jackson book, but the last two. So I haven't read the last two Apollo books, but I've read everything else. Yeah. So, okay. My turn. Yes. Um, I feel like I was in about the probably fifth grade. So about 99, you know, right before Y2K really struck. (laughs) Um, my grandma was like I heard all about these books and like they're really popular so I got them for you Um, and it was the first three Harry Potter books um, at that point so like they came out really fast the first few Um, and I like started reading them and I just kind of fell in love because I feel like at that point in the 90s there wasn't a lot of really good like books being written for people of that age yeah our school library was all like pretty old books like up till that point, all I read were Louis L'Amour Western novels oh. because our school library, that was all we had. That was at my reading level. So that's all I was allowed to read were, were those books, which were fine. They were fine. <laughs> Not exactly anything I was interested in. So it was just kind of fun to have this thing that was like in, of interest to me. Um, that's a really good point. I, I The mid 90s or the mid to late 90s were terrible for for 
teen reading yeah. ya reading mm-hmm. i'm sure there was some but i like i didn't know it where the red fern yeah. grows i think a lot of it too was just like we want to get kids into reading again look how cool and extreme this is we've got spooky cinderella now <laughs> Well, and then Harry Potter came out and I think it really did open up um, a whole a whole bunch of authors to writing whole, you know, all of these worlds that were in their imaginations. And there were so many books that was like, if you like Harry Potter, you'll like this that sucked. But there were also a whole bunch of series that came out after that that were magnificent. Yeah, mm-hmm. Agreed. That like I would still read now, like the Lamplighter Chronicles and stuff like that, that were just so good. Yeah, just like a lot of really good stuff. And I feel like it it served as like for a long time and still is in some instances kind of like the entryway for a lot of kids to start reading, mm-hmm. um, which is really important and good for that, regardless of your feelings on the books all these years later or the author or anything like that. Um, and I feel like, yeah, I was in college that I started reading Percy Jackson because then my sister had them. Um, and I knew the movie was coming or the movie was out, but I wanted to read the book before I saw the movie. Um, and so I did, but then I just really enjoyed it. And like, I came back, I went like on a summer trip and came home with mono. And so I was just sick and <laughs> had no energy. So I was just reading. Um, and I felt like I read quite a few of them just during that like little bit of time between summer ending and college starting. And then I brought them with me senior year and then got you into them. Yeah. Yeah. But I just feel like they're, uh, it's just another series that kind of has that same like magic of like getting you excited to read. Mm-hmm. Like this year alone, I've had like five or six kids that didn't really like to read that now they really enjoy reading because they started reading Percy Jackson books. Yeah. And so they're really special in that same kind of way. Yeah. Um, have any, the, this statement is not going to make any sense unless you've read or at least heard about Oh, the book Name of the Wind? Oh, yeah. Yes. Huge fans. Okay. Um, I really love, like, the prose of Patrick Rothfuss and, like, Mm -hmm. the beautiful flowery language he uses. Um, And I think it's really, like, to me as an older person who has now experienced a reading, I think it really adds to the book. But I think there's something to be said for your Harry Potters and your Percy Jacksons that are all about accessibility. Like, all Mm -hmm. about, like, jumping in and going on an adventure and you don't have to work for it you just get to come on the adventure you don't have to listen to patrick rothfuss go on for 40 pages about his character having sex with fairy queen in great language but (laughs) yeah it's fantastic language but oh boy that was wise man's fear not yeah but still come on chance (laughs) you gotta try to that to that point, though, Harry Potter, you know, does do that. But I think Percy Jackson does it better by his writing is very like streamlined and simplistic. And but it doesn't dumb it down. Like I it's a very difficult thing to explain. I was listening to it recently on Audible and realized like just how clean it is, like how cleanly written it is. Mm-hmm. There isn't, there isn't too much of anything and there isn't not like, it's just perfectly like simple and easy to read and get through and without, and, and like you said, it's not, you know, overly wordy. You can imagine it perfectly well though, even without all of the words. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I think the difference for like a Percy Jackson is it's told from the perspective of the kids 
Mm-hmm. So you're like seeing the world from their point of view. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Rick Riordan does a good job of kind of getting into their minds. Mm-hmm. And, but at the same time, showing like they're aware of what's going on. Like they have thoughts and feelings about these things too. Um, and so it's really good. I feel like as a young, I never read it as a young kid, but like feeling like you're in the pages, like someone understands what my mind is like mm-hmm. to yeah. some extent. And it even gives like, validity to like ADHD and things like that of like oh like that's like that's a normal yeah thing that's not something that holds me back that's part of who I am yeah I've heard a lot of people say like when they figured out Percy had ADHD they felt very seen (laughs) because not a lot of protagonists have ADHD out there Mm -hmm. so anyway that's our history with the books uh thanks for doing that and talking about it and having this discussion about literature it's deeper than I thought we'd go (laughs) but I loved it um, but now we're gonna we're gonna sort some characters. Yeah, I don't have any sorting music like uh, <laughs> I do for tournament music. So um, I put together a cheat sheet. We do not have to do all of these characters. Um, I kind of put did it in order of importance. Like the last like eleven characters, I think we definitely need to do. Mm-hmm. But like we can skip or n- just throw out a, a whole section. Whatever we want to do. I, th- I thought the people in the first section, there might be some fun ones to to sort in there, some one-off characters that really oh, stand yeah. out. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and we can feel free to add or take away whatever we want to do. Sounds good to me. But this is, I mean, once we start sorting by Greek gods, you guys are just going to get to talk a lot while I watch and nod. <laughs> I mean... You can have opinions. You're, you're I know. Like... I know. I'm going to try. <laughs> just feel like you guys are so much cooler than me right now. <laughs> well, I mean, Tanya definitely is. Just saying. I don't know about us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what do you guys think? Do you want to uh, start out with Missy Robinson or do you want to just cut that tier entirely? Well, I like some of them. I want to I do Dana and Trini. Okay. Let's do it. And TK. TK, I don't know where TK would be. I don't either. I don't know what I would do with Missy Robinson. Yeah. I mean, obviously she was trying to tempt Corey, so I was thinking Slytherin, but... Mm. (laughs) Um, So how do we want to do this? Do you just want to do this character, this house, this... Yeah, this house, this god. Just do both at the same time? Yeah. Okay. I'll probably record them on this document, what we come up with. Um, Flip back over here so we can see your faces. Let's do... Let's start with TK. Do her, Dana, and Trini. Um, maybe maybe that's it for this tier. What do you guys think? Yeah. Works for me. All right. So starting with the queen, the <laughs> greatest female character in seasons one, two, and maybe possibly three. That's not a main character, of course. Uh, TK. Good old TK. Uh, so I guess we can talk about like traits she has. Mm-hmm. Um, Can we explain the houses just if we have a listener that has stuck with us this far but has no idea what we're talking about? Oh, sure. Um, I feel like explanations are always good. So in the Harry Potter universe, they go to Hogwarts, their magical school. And in the school, they're sorted into four houses. And that's kind of who they live with, who they go to classes with. Mm -hmm. They earn 
points for their house when they do things well. They lose points for their house when they don't. It's really important in like the first two books. And then it's pretty much at least the point system is kind of pushed aside after that because Mm -hmm. there's bigger fish to fry. Mm -hmm. Um, But especially the first two, it's really, it's a really important plot point. Um, You're sorted in by your personality. Yeah, kind of your personality, who you are as a person. So you have Gryffindor who are the positive characteristics would be like courage and chivalry, determination, um, maybe they can be a little headstrong. Mm-hmm. Um, just want to like charge in there and go, go get them. Yeah, without um, thinking. Um, you want to be the hero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a real messiah complex. Yeah, sometimes. And I've always yeah. thought of them as like maybe the the opposite of Ravenclaws. Um, maybe not always the best thinkers. Some of them are, but mm-hmm. yeah. And then we have Slytherin, who are often they get the short end of the stick in the book series, mm-hmm. kind of portrayed as like the jerks of the school, um, which they're not. They're just normal people. Usually they're more ambitious and maybe a little cunning, kind of the ends justify the means kind of people. Um, we all know them. I'm sitting next to one of them right now. <laughs> uh, I am a reluctant Slytherin who wishes he was a Hufflepuff. Mm-hmm. Next, speaking of, we have the best house, which is Hufflepuff, um, who are just hardworking and loyal, fair, kind, awesome, just generally nice people to be around. Um, you didn't have any negatives. There's about... nothing. I mean, what can you say? They're generally <laughs> incredibly good looking. Yeah. Just beloved by all generous. <laughs> um, yeah. What else can you say? Probably often thought of as maybe more negative way, like bumbling or maybe kind of plain. Often they're often Hufflepuffs are kind of considered like we have the bravest, you have the smartest, you have kind of the most cunning. And then everybody else, they're kind of like, whoever's left is Hufflepuff. I don't know if I agree. I definitely do not agree. So I'm guessing here that uh, Tanya and Cameron both identify as Hufflepuffs. (laughs) Yes. I mean, it's the house I want to be. No, actually, I'm not. I just think they're great. They're perfect. (laughs) Nothing bad to say about them. Um, And then Ravenclaws are the final ones and they're typically valued for their wit and wisdom, their creativity. Sometimes they're a little outside the box thinkers or mm-hmm. strange, um, like a Luna Lovegood who you see in the books. Yep. Um, sometimes though, they go too far in their mm-hmm. pursuit of knowledge and things like that. And yeah, the, the list I was saying said one of their negative traits is being lazy. I didn't really think about that. Huh. Like, you know, not taking, not maybe living in a book and not going to the outside world kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Living cerebrally. Mm-hmm. So we never tried to think of a time where that was demonstrated, but I can't. There there isn't a lot of Ravenclaw demonstration. That's true. Yeah. There's very little. It's just Cho and Luna, really. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's even less Hufflepuff demonstration. We have Cedric, and we all know what happens to him. Or if you don't, if you don't, if you haven't read them. Although in the fourth book, Cedric is so cool. Yeah. (laughs) Cedric more than makes up for it. (laughs) Let's be honest, the sorting hat. Um, doesn't really know what it's doing most of the time. Yeah, that's what you get for trusting a hat to do <laughs> some important introspective work. They didn't even fully put it on Draco's head is all I'm saying. That sorting hat made a rash decision. <laughs> it just knew. It knew. So we know what houses three of us are in. Alden, what's your house? See, that's always been a debated topic, I think. Um, I think guess it's Ravenclaw. I feel like I have a little bit of a few different houses. I got a little bit of Ravenclaw 
a little bit of Gryffindor and a little bit of Slytherin. He's a Ravenclaw. But I think when it comes down to it, you, I would, the hat would drunkenly uh, yell Ravenclaw on my head. <laughs> I am a person who knows Harry Potter very well and also knows Alden very well. And he is definitely a Ravenclaw. All right. Love it. Way to go. So we're, we no got- Gryffindors. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Gryffindor. The traits for Gryffindor actually are, mm, you don't have any real personality that I can think of. So we're going to put you in this house over here. Um, Have fun. Yeah, brave. What kind of a personality trait is that? (laughs) It's okay, guys. I'm brave. I got this. I mean, the bravest man Harry ever knew was a Slytherin, according to the epilogue. (laughs) Okay. So those are the houses. Um, So we're going to do that one first, and then we're going to sort that character into their Camp Half-Blood cabin. Um, which just means like who is their godly parent. Um, so I would just put all of the Camp Half-Blood cabins on here, plus two ones that are really prominent in the second series, two Roman gods that are really uh, prominent in Heroes of Olympus. We don't have to use them since neither of you have read Heroes of Olympus. So Bologna and uh, Janus will just nix those. Okay. Um, and yeah, so these are just, these are the Camp Half-Blood houses. Um and if we can't think of where they go, they have to go in the Hermes cabin because that's where unclaimed kids go. So, yeah, that's the truth. Alden, Alden is just going to put everyone in that cabin. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a Hermes to me. That's, that's definitely a Hermes, yeah. Since Hermes is the god of travelers and in a lot of ways transitions, unclaimed demigods will just be put in Hermes because they will claim any who are on the journey. It's really nice of them. It's true when you think about it's it. Sweet. It's kind of beautiful. All right. So let's start with TK. Uh, right off the bat, determination sticks out to me. Passionate, I feel. Mm-hmm. She knows what she wants and she goes for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't see her as a Ravenclaw. I'm going to throw that out there. Mm-mm. She comes up with really resourceful ways to get what she wants. That's yeah. True. That's true. Ooh. I was just thinking about the candy clown. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, I would definitely notch off Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff. I mean, she's ne- neither of those. Too big a personality for Hufflepuff, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, mm. I would agree. Um, I-, I would lean towards Slytherin, I, I think. I think she's definitely Slytherin. Yeah, definitely. You can see ambition with the way she pursues Corey, resourcefulness and getting him all that stuff. Yeah, I like it. Okay. TK, TK. you have officially been assorted into Slytherin. Uh, just so everyone out in podcast world knows... Um, a lot of people would say these are our opinions. Um, and if you would disagree, come for us in the comments. Um, I'm not going to say that because we're right. We are the mm. sorting hat. So, <laughs> Ready? I'm going to say it. Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> um, so her her uh, godly parent. That's, this is harder than I was thinking it would be. It's true. The one that sticks out to me, I'll point you guys to it, is Nemesis, the goddess of vengeance. <laughs> just because tk is so hardcore mm-hmm. she did by her father <laughs> she in t- a similar vein i was going to mention athena just because of th- th- how seriously she treats everything yeah like it, she's gonna get Corey no matter what Ooh, all of the things she sent that's good strategy yeah mm-hmm. what do you think Tanya? um i think i agree with athena i'm 
I'm down. I th- say we go with Athena. Yeah, it's a it's a plan. She's also a fierce warrior. She is a fierce warrior. Mm-hmm. Athena, goddess of warfare, but the strategic kind, not mm-hmm. the brutal not the, kind. Right. Obviously. <laughs> All right. All right. There we go. TK, you have been sorted. We should have some kind of music or something. Like, whoosh. I don't know. <laughs> Just, you can edit it in. I'll put it in in post. <laughs> put it in. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to put it in. Yeah, post. you're not. <laughs> All right. So, the secret world of Alex Mack herself, Dana. Dana, Dana, Dana. Dana Pruitt. I feel um, like Dana embodies Gryffindor. Um, I think Gryffindor. I was thinking Gryffindor too. In positives and negatives. Yep, exactly. We are on the exact same page there. Yeah. Gryffindor. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, are you pointing at me? <laughs> um, I feel like this may be me being mean. Probably. I feel like her godly parent has to be someone fairly pretentious. How mean. <laughs> like a Slytherin of you. <laughs> <laughs> like a, a Taiki. I, I don't know anything about them. Uh, I was thinking uh, Fortune just because I feel like she's a, a rich girl. Yeah, that's true. Taiki is good. We're probably saying that wrong. We apologize. We don't. It's fine. It's Tisha. <laughs> <laughs> How foolish of us. Um, Apollo is also one I'm thinking. I don't know if she fits at all. Hermes. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's too regular. Yeah. We can put... What about Nike, the goddess of victory? What was she victorious over? I don't know. I think she lost in the end. <laughs> yeah, she lost Sean. Mm-hmm. It was a good defeat. Who's the god of defeat? The god, the god of defeat. Oh, but then she tried to get revenge on him. She Ooh, does. Vengeance. True. She does try to get revenge. I like that, actually. <laughs> we haven't got there on our show, but. No, so... it's good. Oh, wait. Where are you guys? We, we just, just started four. We just started season four. Oh. That's why I, I didn't put Jack uh, on this list. Uh, it pained me not to. He's obviously a Hufflepuff, so we can just. <laughs> okay. You didn't. You didn't need to put him on the list. Is Jack a Hufflepuff? Who's the god or who is the son of Hades? I kind of think so. Mm. We're gonna go with that. God of riches. God of riches. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've just sorted Jack Hunter. It's the first one we didn't have a problem with, and he's not on the list. <laughs> Hufflepuff. Well, we say Hufflepuff? later characters we have a lot more to go on personality wise. True. Yeah. I picked the like bottom like one episode, maybe two. Well, I called them one-offs. <laughs> yeah, might as well be one-offs is the other name. One-offs or might as well be. You know, she's a Gryffindor daughter of Nemesis. I think mm-hmm. I think it's just true. All three of the girls in that episode, the one we've never seen before, and the other two are daughters of Nemesis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They team up. Yeah. Okay. This is the one I was excited about, actually, so I'm glad we decided to do her. Trini? But Trini. I mean, Hufflepuff. Well, I feel like she has big Luna love good vibes. So I've always thought... Luna should be Hufflepuff. I mean, I think she was sorted wrong. Interesting. You want to explain that? Um, it's just I feel that way. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> I just most important one. 
she is she does have you know a very sharp mind and stuff but she also i think she exudes hufflepuff mm -hmm. i don't know how to explain it because i'm very exhausted <laughs> but oh i'm sorry oh, no. the sorting hat doesn't explain their decisions no the sorting hat just does whatever like she's incredibly hardworking and she is incredibly loyal even when things are really hard. It's the same thing with Neville. Neville should have been Hufflepuff too. They just threw him into Gryffindor so that they could be like, oh, but look at him go. Look at him change into this courageous person. Interesting. I like that. Um, I think my opinion on Trini is tainted because she says you little badger. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> We talked about her being Hufflepuff. I think we did. We? Yeah. There's a Hufflepuff camera. I'll take it. She's welcome. <laughs> you little <Hufflepuff>. badger. <laughs> I liked that Hufflepuff. Thank that you. was good. I think my voice cracked on that. <laughs> um, so I had actually, I I'm coming in with thoughts on Trini because when I wrote her down, I got ideas, but I think she just embodies chaos and madness. I kind of want to make her a daughter of Dionysus. She's, I like it. Yeah. She's not the party yeah. aspect. But the madness. Mm -hmm. She's just kooky. <laughs> um, all right. I'm, I, I got the one that I had thought about in there. I tried real hard not to think about them, but Trini, I had to. All right. Yeah, and I could kind of take or leave the rest of the people on this list. Okay. I mean, I love Reg, Reginald Fairfield. We all know. We don't know much about him. He's a Herm yeah. Hermes, probably. <laughs> yes. Just because he's the traveler, probably a thief in some way. Okay. Um, Morgan Matthews. Ooh. I think Morgan is Ravenclaw. I like that. Mm, yeah. I like that. I, I was thinking she's got to be either Slytherin or Ravenclaw. And I was leaning towards Ravenclaw. I think she's got like the She's wits. always been wise beyond her years, like mm -hmm. way beyond her years. She has so much wit. Like her whole point of being in the show is her wit. She has mm -hmm. her one appearance per episode to say her one witty line. <laughs> it's true. It's mm -hmm. so true. And she's always alone. So she must have a lot of creativity because she's by herself constantly exactly all right it's beautiful i love it alden do you have any objections no i think that's great well do your thing cameron you who can't did, who did we say ravenclaw ravenclaw, <laughs> ravenclaw. <laughs> so here here's something okay. for morgan because morgan starts as one actress and then changes to another actress so she would be the daughter of janice the god of where three roads meet, choice, doorways, and transitions. Because <laughs> she changes literally from one person into another person. Actually, that is so perfect. Janice is actually the two-headed god as uh, well. He's but, got two faces, one looking forward and one looking backwards. Yeah, he has two faces, one looking forward and one looking backwards. That's perfect. And she kind of does just kind of exist to make scene transitions. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, we've got to. We've got it's, it's to. It's beautiful. Eli... Williams. Okay. I know I know his godly parent. Ooh. We'll get there. Um, Eli, one of my favorite characters who is so underused. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Underrated. Underrated, underused, underappreciated. Mm -hmm. Um but what Hogwarts house is he in? I think he's definitely got the wit. Every time he's ever there, he's making a witty comment. Mm -hmm. I think he's also has some bravery. Because he was wanting to really expose some injustice That's true. on the news when he was kicked off for not not wanting to do what the, the news bosses were telling him to do. That's what he's, they call him at the news station as a news boss. 
he's also very wise. Like he basically told Turner, like he needed to do a whole bunch of things. It was very important. Like him telling Turner to do those specific things was important for the entire storyline. Also true. It's true. Um, It's good for advice. And this is rough. I feel like he has a little bit of everything. Yeah, he does. And it's almost like people are more complicated than just one of four options. (laughs) How? And, I, and I hate it. You're a millennial. Everyone fits into one Hogwarts house. <laughs> Only Gen Z thinks that they could be two Hogwarts houses. Come on. We hate them. <laughs> no, we don't. You guys are fine. Okay, he's definitely not a Slytherin. Not a lot of ambition. He's not a means to an end guy. No, he's definitely not a Hufflepuff. I think we can throw those two out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it comes down to wisdom and courage. Here's my here's my vote against Gryffindor. The New Year's episode when he totally turns on Turner 100%. <laughs> as all the women keep showing up. Yeah, as the yeah. women keep showing up. It's not very chivalrous. And I, I think, too, to another point against Gryffindor is he kind of always feels like he has one foot out the door. Like, he's always kind of like, well, I don't have to be a teacher. Yeah, it's true. Which I guess is what happened because he's not around anymore. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to miss you, Eli. I think Ravenclaw. I think Ravenclaw, too. I agree. Too. Ravenclaw. It's my favorite part of the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> all right but this is what i was thinking for him again just thinking of the news of like mess and messages mm-hmm. um it's like iris iris is a good choice mm-hmm. god of mess messages or hermes even yeah god of messengers one of the two one of it's the gotta two. be iris because i'm gonna throw too many people into hermes yeah we, we need it we need some representation <laughs> yeah we, we need some iris have you gotten to irish at all alden uh, iris no you like take a coin and you throw it into a rainbow and like she'll let you call anybody what really yeah you can just call whoever so it's just like a greek cell phone yeah pretty much okay i mean it costs a whole coin like per call so it's pretty that's true (laughs) greek payphone all right harley kiner Oof. That's a tough one. Mm-hmm. It'd be real easy for us to put him in Slytherin with his sister. Not saying he doesn't belong there. I'm just saying it's easy. I think he probably belongs in Slytherin the same mm-hmm. way a lot of the the um, the Malfoys of the world, the uh, the people who clearly want to be in Slytherin. So the Sorting Hat is just like, yeah, sure, fine. You're a Slytherin. You get to choose. Okay. The hat lets you choose. It's true. It takes your choice into account. Maybe that's how Luna ended up in Ravenclaw. Mm. Maybe. She chose. I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't have a problem with Slytherin. And I don't think every bully on this list will end up in Slytherin. No. Oh, definitely not. But No, but he's the one I feel like who would be like, yeah, I'm definitely Slytherin. He's, yeah, he's like the prototypical okay. Slytherin character of Boy Meets World. Because, you know, they totally thought about that. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah. They actually made their characters around Hogwarts houses. Mm. All right. Do your thing, Cameron. Slytherin. It's a good one um aries his dad um he does like to punch people <laughs> he does like to punch people at least he claims to we never no, actually, we never actually <laughs> see it but we can assume um i don't know i think he's more nemesis Ooh, yeah nemesis is good nemesis is a good choice i also i don't know why but i'm i keep getting drawn to hephaestus just because i feel like I know there's no actual fire, but I feel like he's got so much fire in his personality. 
Mm-hmm. That's true. And you could kind of consider his like anger a very volcano-like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't hate Hephaestus. And I don't think it's ever stated, but I feel like it's implied like he works on his motorcycle. Or that he even has a motorcycle. I don't feel like that's ever really said either. Yeah. Or <laughs> or, or at least like a car or something. Yeah, he's a gearhead. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with Hephaestus. He calls it Grease Lightning. So he's got that vibe. <laughs> Hephaestus and Nemesis are both good choices to me. What do you think, Tanya? Hephaestus and Nemesis. Um, I still say Nemesis. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. This is when I need that D20 ring. <laughs> or, the, or the house divided bumper sticker. <laughs> Hephaestus nemesis. House yes. divided. <laughs> um, what do you think, Kim? Um, I don't know, because I kind of like the thought of Hephaestus. Mm-hmm. I hadn't really thought about that. But it matches his personality, minus the like working with his hands. But you don't really see anybody mm-hmm. really do that. Yeah. Except for maybe Alvin. <laughs> Alvin could be a son of Hephaestus. But he's not on this list because Alvin sucks. Alvin does suck. <laughs> the inferior nerd. Oh, he is on this list. Actually. He is on the list. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did I put him on here? You did. <laughs> oh, I did. We don't have to we talk can about skip him. him. Forget that guy. Actually, the last two on there. I said we just skip both of them. Um, I think Nemesis. I think that there's a lot of impl- or implicit um, Hephaestus traits, but there's a lot of explicit Nemesis traits. That's what I'm thinking right now. Sure. I'm okay with that too. Go for it. It's whose line is it anyway right now? Right. <laughs> well, it's all made up and the points don't matter. Cameron, don't tell the audience that it doesn't matter. They're just listening to a podcast. <laughs> they don't tell Tanya that either because when I tell her later, she got 2,000 points. <laughs> I want her to be flattered. <laughs> uh, Only on our end is it made up. You, your guys' stuff is real. Okay. Your stuff Thanks. Is, all right. So Griff. Who is in the series so much less than I thought he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He only in three episodes. Which that is- shocked me too. Griff is Ravenclaw. I can see that. The creativity is definitely there. Mm-hmm. Um, He's a sexy Ravenclaw. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Adam Scott. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm just saying he's a child who makes out with adult supermodels. Yeah. He's incredibly resourceful, um, but not in a Slytherin way. Yeah. Yeah. He is cunning in a Slytherin way, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but that's about it. Yeah. And, but, and Griff never really comes off as like an actual bully. Yeah. You right. never see him being mean to anybody. Yeah. I mean, he's a manipulator, which takes creativity, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Ravenclaw it is. Even when he's like, Feeny, you told me you didn't want me missing out on class. So I brought my masseuse into class. To give me a massage while you're talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> it's true. Do your thing. Ravenclaw. <laughs> you sounded like you're getting a little sick there. Um, well, I, mean, <laughs> I feel like I hear, you've heard, you hear the hat say the other three. I don't know if you ever hear the hat say Ravenclaw. So I'm just sort of making it up. I'm having to come from a place deep in my heart that I'm. When you have to pace yourself, we've, we've got several got more names, you know? Go. Yeah. The big list. Griff. Um, does anybody have an opinion on gods? Yes. What are you thinking? What, what are you thinking? Um, I can't remember how you said it earlier, and I don't know how to say it. I think Is it's it actually. I think it's Taiki. Yeah. Okay. So Taiki. I think you said Tai Chi. I don't think I would have because it's no. Great. I think Cameron said Taiki. Taiki. Yeah. T Y C H E. Yeah. Those listening at home. It's. I mean, it's perfect. The it goddess really of luck, fortune, and chance. And you. <laughs> yeah. actually uh, this is actually i am part of a cult that worships uh 
Taiki to this day. I've just not told you. <laughs> this so, is how it comes out. <laughs> this is how it comes out. It's bound uh, to come out eventually. I'm a pagan. I think I think when when you pointed that out, I think it's perfect. Like who is the character in Boy Meets World who is most likely to go try to scam a casino? I feel like it's Chat Hunter. <laughs> no. <laughs> Griff would be successful. Yes. Or Chet yeah. not. Yeah, Which Chet. is where the luck part comes in. Uh-huh. Chet would fail walking into the door. <laughs> it says push, but he tries to pull. <laughs> and then he's like, oh. <laughs> that was such a good Chet impression, man. <laughs> he's in the room right now. So yeah, he- I, I was looking down and I thought that you guys got him on. <laughs> uh, we're all very tired. It's a good energy. I love yeah, it. It's very helpful. Oh, but we're on Chet now. Yeah. yeah, we are on chat. Speaking what of what a segue. What a segue. <laughs> Nailed it. Um man, Chet. I don't think Chet fits into any Hogwarts house. He's a squib. He's a non-magic. He definitely person. works with Mr. Filch. <laughs> I'm okay with it actually. I feel like he's more he's a friend of the Dudleys. Yeah. <laughs> I mean the Dursleys. I mean the Dursleys, the Dudleys. Dudley Dursley. I'm Dudley putting Dursley. a squib. I'm doing it. A muggle. The muggliest muggle. All right, you are now a squib, Jed. And I have I have no opinion on Verna either. I I'm just sad that I really wanted to hear uh, the the Sorting Hat with Chet's accent. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> it's, it's really raspy. Griff, Gryffindor. <laughs> I was a little more old man, but I still liked it. That was fantastic. Gryffindor. No, that was worse. That was Cookie Monster. <laughs> <laughs> so are we all in this room pretty anti-chet yes. oh so anti-chet okay i actually feel like i see more positive takes on chet than negative and i just don't get it not on this show. are they from people who are just like chet <laughs> they might be because <laughs> that would explain a lot i feel like in our facebook group when we i mean we go we're very anti-chet on any episode that we do with him in it. And I feel like we have people in the Facebook group who are kind of like, well, you guys are a little hard on him. He's trying. And we're just like, nope. He's not. They obviously have never met a parent like Chet before. Yeah. He's trying to get out of doing what he's supposed to be doing. That's mm-hmm. all he's trying to do. Yeah. What he's trying to do is uh, create as much damage for his child as humanly possible with every single step that he takes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So his godly parent is hypnos because he's just asleep at the wheel mm. constantly. I was I, here. Here's were the two I was thinking, but I like hypnos as well and probably better. I was thinking he was either like a really disappointing son of Zeus. Because <laughs> he's like he's he's charming, but that's really all he got from his dad was some charm. Or Hermes, because he's the god of travelers and thieves. I like Hypnos better, but I in my heart I love the thought of him just being Zeus is like, oh, what a disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> Why couldn't you be like Hercules? Son? <laughs> so much potential. <laughs> what do you think, Tanya? Um, I was thinking, is it Bologna? Bologna. Destruction and devastation. Devastation. <laughs> he literally just destroys everything he touches. I'm, I like that, actually. <laughs> that is hilarious. But I feel like that implies some effort, and he doesn't try to. It. He's just, he doesn't care. Is there a god of the opposite of Hephaestus? 
<laughs> it's like effortlessly building things, effortlessly destroying things. Uh, I mean, we can make him. We can make him a godless. <laughs> like <laughs> he's he's a godless man. <laughs> I'm. We can do it. We, just, <laughs> we clearly didn't want to talk about chat. We can just push him to the side. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm going to write Hermes by default. <laughs> No one wants to claim him. No one no one claims Chet. I still feel like even Hermes would be like, mm, not that guy. <laughs> I've never seen him in my life. <laughs> I'm putting Hermes not by birth, but by default. <laughs> by default. Um, do we want to talk about Verna or Dr. Sorrell or Alvin? I don't think so. I, no. I think if we had gotten to know Verna better, but really she was just an accessory in the show. Mm-hmm. And like then she was gone. Mm, yeah um the only reason i put dr sorrell on this list the only reason is because i wanted him to be a slytherin who is the uh son of hermes well there you go you can have it (laughs) so that was easy i I don't even need to know your reasons i just want to talk about it (laughs) let's let's get Sorrell out of here all right now we're on to the meat these people have actual reasons to be what they are uh and the first one is turner oh I think Turner's a Hufflepuff. Really? I was not thinking that. I need your reason. Because we want to hang out with him. <laughs> yeah, we, we really want to hang out with him in the con room. We think that he would give us a lot of, um, like, You just want to hang out with him. <laughs> he's a real Cedric Diggory type. I'm not, I'm not opposed to it. I definitely I mean, don't think he's a Slytherin. And we know he's hardworking. He goes above and beyond for his students. Like mm-hmm. one of them actually lived at his house. Which was where loyalty comes in. Right. Yeah. And he's fair and like he's trying to do what's best for the kids despite it affecting his job. I mean, Feeney doesn't want him to do the things he's doing. Mm-hmm. Let's oh, do it. That makes sense. Hufflepuff it is. Hufflepuff. That was a good Hufflepuff. It was. Um, I think cracking the F a little. When we were talking about Harley, it actually made me think, what about Hephaestus for Turner? Mm. And I have two reasons for that. One, the motorcycle thing. Mm-hmm. The closest to working with hands that we were going to get. But also, they talk about in the books how Hephaestus's children are either like really mechanically smart or really like conceptually smart. Like... They they normally get one of the two. And I can see like the way Turner like draws conclusions and stuff being like a conceptually smart Hephaestus, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like he's good at concepts and drawing lines and like finding connections. Mm-hmm. But I like it. I, I like agree it. with that. All right. Hephaestus it is. And he has a sick Harley. <laughs> he does. Which I guess Aries more in the book has a sick Harley. That's true. Than, uh, but I don't think that uh, Turner fits that bill. Of Aries in any other way. No. Other than that. No. I don't know that there is a child of Aries on this list. We don't have anyone who's just super violent. Vader. <laughs> Vader. <laughs> okay. Frankie Stacchino. Speaking of Frankie, Frankie Stacchino. I a character I'm very excited to I talk have some about thoughts about. for the godly parent, but we'll get there. Okay. Obviously, I want Frankie and Hufflepuff. <laughs> but this is where we're getting contentious because we got a two, we got a voting block to get <laughs> right. all characters to our house. <laughs> Gryffindor is going to get nobody. Yeah, I wish Chance and I had like really uh, uh, teamed up. I didn't realize it was going to be like Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> got my name, Frankie. Forming alliances. 
Um, mm. I think Ravenclaw. I think Ravenclaw too. I want him in Hufflepuff. But and see, he I has, have, I he found has a hidden immunity idol. <laughs> and so I get to prevent that from happening. No. <laughs> You're right, though. Yeah, I think Ravenclaw. Um, yeah, he doesn't fit as a Slytherin or a Gryffindor. Um, yeah, Ravenclaw. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking for his godly parent, I was thinking Apollo. Just because you see the very sensitive, creative side of him and writing poetry um, and just kind of that side of him. 100%. And I like that for him. Okay. I have no problems. Alden? I'm I'm for it. Okay. Son of Apollo. Love it. But how can we prolong talking about Frankie? Oh, gosh. Figuring out where he fit here. Was it just didn't take long enough? Yeah. Where else? What other franchises can we try to fit him into? How do you read Divergent? Uh, yes, I, I saw the first one. <laughs> <laughs> what's he? What's Which he in Divergent district would he be in? Uh, the Hunger Games. Oh, I didn't. I didn't read them. If this was The Way of Kings, what kind of um, Night Radiant would he be? If he were playing D and D. What would his class be? I want to do this one. Barbarian is too easy. Mm-hmm. He'd be a half orc. I just feel like he'd be a half orc. I don't know. Hmm. Bard? I think Bard. I was going to say Bard. You, what about a monk? Why monk? Well, maybe like a specific type of monk where he's more like peaceful. There's actually a paladin that's the pact of like nonviolence. Oh. That would be kind of interesting where it's like you're not seeking to like hurt anybody unless it really came down to it. But that's not really him at the beginning, hmm. but towards the end. Towards the end. I like Bard, though, just with the poetry. Because he, yeah. he, he'll he win you over with the poetry. He gets a, 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 a plus four to every charisma roll. Mm. He gets a tear from Harley. Well, yeah. He could definitely like kill with insults because his insults are very well thought out. Oh. Mm-hmm. And can you imagine the pain of, of Frankie Stacchino laughing at you? That's that would be hideous <laughs> laughter. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely a half work bard. Man, <laughs> I want to go back and do everybody now. <laughs> uh, we can go back and do a few characters at least. But I mean, at no, some point, I definitely have to go to bed tonight. So <laughs> yeah. I have to work tomorrow. Oh, you do? Yeah. Wait. I work on the weekends now. What you, you recently got a new job, right? Yeah. What is it? I I work at a plant nursery. Oh, that's not a baby nursery. (laughs) It's not a baby nursery, a plant nursery. Yes, it is lovely. It is wonderful. Is that the most peaceful job ever? It is. It isn't peaceful. Um, They're very busy. Yeah, we're very busy. We're. It's a huge nursery. and it's a lot of like physical labor, but I am with plants and I'm outside and everyone who works there is like incredibly knowledgeable. It's, it's quite an experience. So you would be a daughter of Demeter then? Yes. Okay. Cool. Okay. Um, that sounds wonderful, man. I want to just work with plants. I work with two young boys with autism and they're great and I love them. However, that is getting close to the end of the year. Every school around us has let out except for like our district. And they are so done. They are so done. Um, so right now I'm like, man, I just want to work with plants. <laughs> plants sound awesome. Plants are awesome. <laughs> uh, 
So Joey Epstein. I mean, he kind of could be a Gryffindor. He's very determined. No matter what he's doing, he is determined. Mm -hmm. He's not not courageous. Like he kind of just like jumps in and does it. He's not really afraid Mm -hmm. to do all of these crazy things. Yeah, I feel like he's almost like Neville or Weasley courageous where they like kind of seem not courageous, but then like when push comes to shove. Mm -hmm. Like they stood up to Harley and Griff. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Frankie did. I I feel like Joey's definitely one of those people who haven't realized their full potential. Like Mm -hmm. he's going to blossom one day and then it will will be obvious what house he's in, but it's tough to say. It is. We don't... We don't end up finding out enough about him. Like where Frankie, we like know his life. We know like his passions. We know like his family. We know so much about him. And Joey doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just Joey the rat. Joey the rat. Um, loyalty. He is loyal to Frankie to a fault. Mm-hmm. Um, hardworking or fair though. No, he's not really any of those. I'm throwing. But he's got the wit and the creativity of Ravenclaw. Yeah, but not the wisdom but not the wisdom. Wow. Joey's hard. I just don't feel like he's a Slytherin. I definitely don't think he's a Slytherin. I I think I've got to go Gryffindor. Yeah. Gryffindor or Ravenclaw? I think Gryffindor. (laughs) Yeah, I think Gryffindor. Well, if you're sure, gotta be Gryffindor. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, is he the first Gryffindor we've sorted in there? Um, I think he's definitely close. (laughs) One of the He and Dana. (laughs) Oh, that's right. <laughs> sorry, Dana. <laughs> no, sorry. Sorry, 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 Joey. Joey, actually, yeah. Um, I feel like it'd be easy to say Hermes for him. I was gonna say Hermes. I feel like he's just a, a thief, a thief of thieves. I think it is. I think it is Hermes. It has to be, yeah. I don't. He's in there with Chet, but he belongs there, and Chet doesn't belong anywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chet belongs in the garbage. <laughs> Why didn't we just put him there? <laughs> it's your podcast. You can't god just trash. decide that. Yeah, is there a god of garbage? Raccoonius, the god of trash. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there is. I'll look. I'll change his official later. Yeah, we can we can talk about it later. Do we want to do Minkus? I put him in here because he I feel like it'd be pretty simple. You think it's simple? Well, I don't I don't think he's a Ravenclaw. I think, yeah, he I think he's a Slytherin. I think he's a Slytherin. Re- okay. okay. And not just because he looks like... Malfoy? A, yeah, like a baby Malfoy. Because <laughs> it does look like a baby Malfoy. I think he's very ambitious and he's resourceful. And he just kind of goes to whatever links he needs to do to get what he wants. Okay. I was thinking Gryffindor for similar reasons, actually. But I can do... I, I'm fine with Slytherin. Come join me. Come join me in Slytherin. Yeah, I think Slytherin's good for him. I do want to point out the funniness that right now our Slytherins are TK Harley and Mingus. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you only have four options, you're going to get a wide variety. That is quite the house. Slytherin, do your thing. Slytherin. All right. And then, again, the easy call is to put him as Athena's son just because of the knowledge thing mm-hmm. think athena might be the only one that fits i think it's is it hecate how do you say say that hecate hecate mm-hmm. really that's how you say it i've never read it that way <laughs> i would say hecate i think hecate i like hecate i think, I think hecate it sounds like a bird is saying it or yeah 
I, I, I um, think both of them are got the ghosts. Yeah, oh, it's the ghosts. Goddess of magic. He just disappeared. He travels through time. Hmm. Yep, that's the one. Winked out of existence at the end of season one. I'm fine with Hecate. Uh, interesting thing about Hecate, just so our podcasters know, just because I think this is a fun fact. I just really hate the way you say that every time. It just sounds really bad to me. <laughs> I will slap you. Um, she wakes up every morning as a feeling young... Feeling like P. Diddy? Yeah. <laughs> she wakes up in the morning feeling like P. Diddy. Kind of, actually. As a young maiden, by noon, uh, she is a matronly figure. And then she's an old crone by night and dies and is reborn with the sun. Huh. It's just beautiful. What a way to live. Just like Minkus. Just like yeah. Minkus. The similarities are right there, everybody. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think she's ever portrayed that way in Percy Jackson, but that's part of her like whole thing in legend. Mm. Okay. That was literally just a fact from a Greek, a Greek mythology nerd. That was not. <laughs> to sway or influence us. No, I just wanted to give that fact because I liked it. <laughs> it's a good fact. Fun fact. All right. Maybe the character I've been looking forward to sorting the least. So is that who we decided? Yeah. Okay. I thought so. Yeah. Um, the, the character I've been looking forward to sorting the least, Alan Matthews. At this point in the show, not an Alan he's, fan. He's just a, he's a hard worker. I don't think he belongs anywhere. You, th- you don't? No. I think, I, th- I think he's a squib. <laughs> We're obviously not Alan fans at this point either. Um, and we're like almost finished with the series. And and during season one, all we did every episode was we praised Alan. Mm-hmm. That goes away. I feel like he's a Gryffindor just, um, I don't know. For like sheer one of the, determination to make no. Sean feel like garbage? No, like mm-hmm. it's, it's not even for a good reason. It's just more. like he feels like he should be a Gryffindor and everyone's like, fine, he's a Gryffindor, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, I can do that. I'm actually fine with it. Whatever, Alan. That's fine, Alan. Buy the sweatshirt. <laughs> I, uh, I've heard many people... Oh, I, I was listening to a podcast and they were talking... I don't remember which one now, but they were like... And he takes such good care of Sean like, for like a Oof. week. Mm-hmm. And then like tosses him out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was, he was awful to Sean. He's always been awful to Sean. Yeah. We, we brought up in the whole like... Uh, the last episode of season two thing like you told him in the last episode like he was always welcome there yeah mm-hmm. and you're tired of him <laughs> and by the end of at the end of season three where they're like or and chet is coming back and they're like well he always has a place here and it's like no he doesn't, <laughs> no, he doesn't. right <laughs> he definitely does not and why because he was being a teenage boy he drank milk out of the carton like he wasn't even bad when he was there no he wanted to wear his own style and not just what other people bought him mm-hmm. also he had his own clothes so why like you didn't have to buy him anything right um well, i'm just gonna go out and say it son of aries i was thinking the same thing hold on i gotta say this first gryffindor nice i'm just gonna say it son of aries that inflammatory temper uh-huh he was in the military he was in the military he was a good, mm. you know <laughs> he was a boxer he's a boxer yeah um, I, I agree with that. I agree with Aries. Aries. Now Amy Matthews. Amy, I'm a little more excited to talk about. I do love me some Amy. I don't think she gets the best writing. Yeah. I think Amy's a Hufflepuff. Hardworking, loyal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I feel like that's 
pretty straight. She's fair when she's talking like to her kids and coming up with like, she doesn't even really discipline them. Like she just kind of like talks things through with them for the most part. Um, I think she's very fair. Mm -hmm. And the Hufflepuff common room is in a kitchen and Amy is never allowed to leave the kitchen. (laughs) Oh my goodness. In the show, in the show. She's often in there. I think she's allowed to leave the kitchen. She has a job. She had a job in the first season. Yeah, a few jobs. <laughs> yeah, she was a realtor. She had an art gallery. Yeah, who really knows? Now who... none of them have jobs. It's true. In season five. Oh yeah, I keep forgetting you guys aren't on the same season as us. <laughs> Come on, speed it up. <laughs> that way we can talk? just guess back and forth on each other's podcasts. <laughs> back again for the seventeenth time. <laughs> <laughs> the first seventeen-time guests. <laughs> We want to have you guys on so bad, but we're like, how? They're way behind us. I mean, we've seen the show. Yeah, we can do it's, not, it. it's not a surprise. Yeah, but would it throw you <laughs> off to like talk about a different season? We've done it before. Yeah, we did it once before. It wasn't bad. We did um we did on Broad Meets World um Long Walk to Pittsburgh, Long walk to Pittsburgh mm-hmm. with them when we were in season two. It did it wasn't bad. Yeah, it's fine. We're not saying you guys have to have us on. We're just saying if you want to, we're in. Yeah, we're game. Uh, so Amy is the daughter of Aphrodite. She is and a Hufflepuff. She is a looker, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. She's very loving. She got that maternal mm-hmm. love thing going, mm-hmm. which Aphrodite is the goddess of maternal love. Beauty in all its forms, mm-hmm. homes, art, wilderness, retail, places. <laughs> I, I, I don't know who else she would be. Yeah, that's. I'm going through the list now. I don't see anybody other than Hebe. I mean, and even then. Uh, Hebe is Wendy's mom. Would you say it, Hebe? I have no idea. Or would you say, Hubba? I don't know. You pronounce things so strangely. <laughs> I'll slap you. All right. We're making her the daughter of Aphrodite. Love it. And now we're on to the, the big five. Yes. The moment we've all been waiting for. Um, do we want to do Corey last or first? Because I kind of think he's the least interesting. Let's get him out of the way. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Corey, he's a Hufflepuff. He literally compares himself to Celery. Corey is not a Hufflepuff. You're just. I do not claim that. No. See, he's not hardworking. He's not loyal, and he's He's definitely not fair. He has the same girlfriend and same best friend his entire life. That's not because he's loyal to them. It's because he hates change. Who hates change? Tanya's face right now. See, for those, I'm going to propose an alternative to Hufflepuff because I also didn't think Hufflepuff. I thought Gryffindor, mostly because in season two he has the worst case of main character syndrome. Like he's in the exact same year as Sean, and he's always like, well, "Who am I? Where do I fit in? Mm-hmm. Everyone's maybe, got a yeah, place maybe. but me." Um, well, that doesn't sound like a Gryffindor. I don't know what does. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't think he has the positive traits of a Gryffindor, but he has the negative traits of a Gryffindor. Yeah, but I mean, he doesn't have the positive traits of anything. No, he's really funny when he's acting like a real estate agent in season three. That's his positive trait. Yeah, he's a very determined butthead. Got him. Got him. I can't remember if we're allowed to curse on this podcast, so I had to switch it up a little bit. We. We go back and forth. We are technically marked not explicit, but we've had one young fan write in and say how happy they are about that. <laughs> so I feel are like you serious? I feel like we need to to protect her. That we, is so sweet. That is so sweet. Yeah, she said that she was um, 
she was looking for Boy Meets World podcast because she loves all of TGIF and everyone was marked explicit but ours. So we're the deep. default. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, You're welcome, guys. <laughs> that being said, we definitely, like, I mean, we we've collaborated a few times with a podcast with a swear word in the title. <laughs> oh yeah. So no, what are you going to do? Did we, uh, no, did we decide? No, he's Gryffindor, no. right? He can be in Gryffindor. Yeah. I think he's Gryffindor. The, he, Gryffindor if, if Harry Potter is Gryffindor, right. then Corey Matthews is Gryffindor. They're yeah, like the same person. We got to go whip him into shape. Gryffindor. Um, this is the harder one though. It is. Mm-hmm. Because Corey is celery. <laughs> so Demeter then. <laughs> uh, Seasons. He's very cyclical as a character. He keeps having the same problem. struggle and problem constantly. <laughs> he doesn't ever actually grow or change. There's just an appearance of that, just like the seasons. So again, he has negative traits of being a child of Demeter, but none of the positive ones. <laughs> well, that's Corey in a nutshell. <laughs> Negative traits, no positive ones. I yeah, mean, and harvest harvest makes sense too because try as he might, every time he grows, he he gets harvested, and you got to start all over again. Holy cow! That was good. <laughs> that was so good. So yeah, stick with all the negative traits. I I can't argue. Uh, just Tanya, you are a daughter of demeanor for good reasons. Corey for bad. I'm okay with that. <laughs> you know what happens in everything. I'll be the golden child in the family. <laughs> uh, that's great. It's beautiful. George. Millhouse. Millhouse. Beanie. Beanie. <laughs> He's not in a house. He is Dumbledore. But Dumbledore was a Gryffindor. Well, yeah. I feel like through all of, you know, the years and years and years that Dumbledore lived, he took on all of the traits of all of the houses. I mean, I agree with that statement for yeah, sure. I think that's fair. So headmaster, is that what I'm writing? <laughs> yeah. It seems like such a cop-out. It's not though. He really does embody Hogwarts. Like I'm starting to think Hogwarts is his house. That Dumbledore was modeled after George Feeney. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. J.K. Rowling was a huge fan. It makes sense in too many ways. We talked about the fact that Trini and the um, Badger thing was so Hufflepuff that she had to have watched Boy Meets World. Like we looked up the date that that episode came out. (laughs) I can't argue with the statements you guys are making. (laughs) She had to have been a Boy Meets World fan, J.K. Rowling. (laughs) She has... The same problematic view. Well, okay, we haven't gotten a chick like me. I won't. I won't make any comments on it. Um, I've got him down as headmaster. Um, okay. You know, it's late. We can cop out. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> oh my um, gosh, it's eleven p.m. Oh gosh, I'm I'm sorry. I was late. Um, and he. Your he... ten minutes did not cause this. <laughs> oh, it did. But she will blame Chick Fil A. Don't you worry. <laughs> Chick-fil-A caused this. It's also a cop-out to say he's the son of Zeus, but... I, I was thinking I was, the same thing, actually. Yeah, I was going to say that, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, the authority... I, yeah, he's the son of Zeus. As I was thinking, I was like, no one's a child of the big three in this, but George Feeney is. Zeus has to be. It is. I always mix up where the E and the U go when I write Zeus. I never get it right. I just have to type it so much in my life. 
Uh, all right. Eric Matthews. So these next three, the last three, Eric, Sean, and Topanga are the three I've been most excited to talk about because I think they give us the most depth. Yeah. I would definitely say Eric and Sean do for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I agree that Topanga does, but I think that's because of where we're at in the show where we're mm-hmm. like, she's not even a person right now. She's insufferable. She a lot. Yeah, but I think that at least where we are, I think the trajectory of Topanga from like hippie flower child to uh, like socially conscious girl in middle school to Corey's arm candy is such an interesting progression. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. if you look at her holistically, I think she's kind of interesting. Well, it's funny to go back and, and listen to our old podcasts because you can kind of hear like as we go, yay, Topanga was in this episode. Yeah, we got Topanga finally. And then we get five seasons in and we're like, can we just have an episode without Topanga, please? It's <laughs> so sad. I, I, I know. Yeah. Season three Topanga is such a downgrade from season two Topanga. Like it's really painful. Mm-hmm. But our, our stock on Eric Matthews has just gone through the roof at the further we get in the season. Eric is our favorite character on Boy Meets World. Good, because yeah. I already love Eric. That's why this is going to be very difficult because it's almost like he has like the same problem that I have with Corey, only opposite, like the exact opposite side. Like he's just, he's everything and he's so wonderful. Like he transcends Hogwarts houses. <laughs> Headmaster too. <laughs> yeah. that Actually, shit. that's perfect. So we have we, we came up with a theory late in the season that they were trying to put Eric on a trajectory to be Feeny, mm-hmm. like to like follow in Feeny's footsteps, and Corey on a trajectory to like pursue journalism and media, and then they just drop it for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it was like each of the three boys had a teacher that they were kind of like learning from, Sean mm-hmm. and Turner. Feeney and Eric and then Corey and Eli. And like, there was really something there. And then just suddenly there was nothing there. <laughs> there was nothing. Well, Feeney and Eric doesn't go away. I mean, right. especially the other two. But yeah, the other two. Gone. Yeah. 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 And well, and Feeney keeps putting him in these like situations to teach other people and he does well. And then he feels good about that, like doing that. And then like, it's like, oh, so he's trying to get Eric to like start thinking about teaching. No, nope. it doesn't happen. But we still haven't named a house. Yeah, it's true. I don't know. I honestly think that he You're going to say Hufflepuff. No, I think he's a Slytherin. Interesting. Like, like, we know that Eric is incredibly smart, but he's not smart in the way that most people think he is. Like, he is cunning. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very resourceful. He's made a million different things work for him because he's resourceful. Things that people would be like, you can't do that. And then he did it. It's true. It's true. And he has a few schemes that go pretty well. It's true. And he's definitely like, he's not hardworking, but he does find a way to make every situation work for him. Mm -hmm. Because he's ambitious. Yeah. He's ambitious. I will say he is not a Hufflepuff. He is not hardworking. Uh, He never keeps a single friend in the series at this point. It's true. (laughs) So he's not loyal. Yeah. Could he be Ravenclaw though? Because he's creative. He has the wit, the negative aspect of like being lazy. Like that's something at least Feeney says a lot. I don't know if this is actually true, but it's like your problem is you just don't try. Yeah. So definitely one of those two. Yeah. Hmm. I I lean more Ravenclaw. I like Slytherin and Ravenclaw a lot. Um, 
get that Gryffindor out of here. Mm-hmm. He does give me, you said this earlier about Trini, but kind of some Luna Lovegood vibes with the Rain Man thing. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. the I mean, 432 princess things. <laughs> just like, he doesn't give a lot of advice, but when he gives advice, it's normally good. That's true. <laughs> um, I think Ravenclaw, I think, like, I just feel like he would fit in so well there. He would be like the Ravenclaw. He's the claw. We're doing it. He's the claw. I think he's the white claw of Ravenclaw. <laughs> Sorry, Tanya. You're getting outvoted on this one. That is perfectly fine with me. Ravenclaw. It's funny because I feel like the traditionally, like, quote unquote, dumb character is in the traditionally, like, smart yeah. person house. Yeah, it's true. Because we see the true Eric. I mean... So I'm thinking to a future episode that I don't really like, but there's an episode where he keeps saying wise things and all the characters go, does Eric seem different to you? He seems very well rested. That's the thing. He just doesn't get a lot of sleep. All right. And I mean, Child of Aphrodite sticks out to me first, just because his whole thing is that he's hot. I don't know if we stick there, but that's what sticks out to me first. I feel like that was especially like season one maybe two mm-hmm. but then i don't i don't think it ever really goes away it's kind of always there even when it's just like underlying hypnos could work for eric because of his weird sleep patterns <laughs> i was gonna say hypnos like thinking specifically about back when he did like the sleep study uh-huh. he's the oh, most yeah. brain waves going on it's an easy one. It's just funnier and funnier that he's in Ravenclaw. <laughs> <laughs> Is it funnier that a child of Hypnos would be in Ravenclaw? Uh, maybe. Someone who loves to sleep? Lazy is one of their things. Yeah. Hypnos it is. Hypnos! <laughs> All right. <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's how it happens in the books. That was the first sorting hat uh, Greek god we've gotten. It's late. <laughs> it is late. <laughs> um, Sean. I feel like Sean's the one that's easy for his godly parent hard for his Hogwarts house. His godly parent is easy? Yeah. Oh. Who would you say it is? Aphrodite. He's just like the makeout king. Aphrodite works. I feel like Dionysus works too. Yeah. I So I was actually thinking, hear me out. We're talking about Greek God first. It's fine. <laughs> I'm going to pitch something because I, I like Aphrodite, but I think there is no deeper character in the entire show than Sean. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking Poseidon. Because of a pun. Because he's dance. deep as the sea. He's <laughs> late. I'm disgusted. <laughs> but I'll allow it. I think he's complicated. I think he's got layers. I think he kind of... He's the god of horses and horses are majestic and Sean is majestic. He's like a human earthquake. <laughs> he's like a human... <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> Are we really going with Poseidon just because I made that one joke? I mean, I love it because I think it's right. But I vote yes. Okay. Sean is the son of Poseidon in what Hogwarts house? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He could easily be Ravenclaw, but I feel like there's more to him than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think for a lot of the same reasons you said about Eric, I mm-hmm. kind of want to go with Slytherin. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And then a Gryffindor and Slytherin can be best friends and just break down all the barriers. Love it. Love it. Slytherin. All right. I get to say that one more time. <laughs> all we have left is Topanga. Mm. She's Topang- not- Topanga's a Gryffindor. Mm. Real Hermione Granger vibes. She's very determined, no matter what the mm. quest. Like, she's determined to get it so that 
it's um, the way she wants it. Yeah. Well, and I feel like one of my favorite moments in the show up to this point is when Mr. Feeney has like a fever dream and everybody in the class gets every question he asks right, except Topanga gets it wrong. And that's like his fantasy. Like all of the kids are smart, but no, that one, Topanga doesn't get it. That and is I, very Hermione. And I feel like all of Hermione's teachers probably do the same thing. <laughs> I don't know. You've actually stumped me, sir. Mr. Feeney, sir. <laughs> yeah. I love yeah, that so, she, so she's in Gryffindor. 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 And let's be honest, Gryffindors don't date outside their own house because that's it's true. Oh, that's a very good point. Oh, Gryffindor. I hate him. I hate him. <sighs> Very, very hard time with the god, though, because I feel like who she is changes so much. I agree. I agree. Um, This is a hard one. This is the most difficult one. Mm-hmm. Does she take a vow of chastity and become... <laughs> Hunter of Artemis. <laughs> Hunter of Artemis. <laughs> she wises up, leaves Corey. I don't hate the idea of Nike, because... I'm, what? I was going to say Nike, too. I... Here's my here's my reasoning. I feel like Topanga is always in it to win. Even when she's like a flower child, she's like... Mm-hmm. Like you're thinking when Minkus and the boys have the bet. And mm-hmm. she's like, it's me against them in a battle of wits. And she's like, $30,000 or $300,000 is what I'm going to bet on this because we're going to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, say what you want about Topanga. She's always doing her best and giving it her all, whether she is a flower child or wanting to be class president, or being the know-it-all that we know she's going to become from this moment forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that that really is to her about victory. I mean, she has to have that one thing where she she knows she's better than everybody else at this one thing. Well, or everything. Like, I think for her, everything is a competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's Nike. Nike! <laughs> that sounded like a horse a little bit. I liked it. Okay, and now... I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, there's nothing left on the list. Nope, that's it. Surprise. We're going to put Corey, Sean, and Topanga in their D&D classes. No. Go. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. Now you're really thinking about yeah, that. Yeah, I really am. I'll be thinking about that off. You're going to have to have us back on and do D&D characters. We can do that. I think D&D would be fun. Tanya, are you a D&D player? I am. Yes. Sweet. As of, well... We've played it together before. We just started a campaign that I'm running at home with her and the kids. Oh, that's fun. You're doing family D&D? Yeah. Wow. That's exciting. That's the dream. It is. It was, it's, we've, we've gone one night so far, so <laughs> let's hope that we, we keep it going. Yeah. You can get your schedules to all line up. Yeah. <laughs> Struggle. Well, it's more so getting um, teenager moods to line up. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also true. Um, this is really random, but it's kind of Greek mythology and D&D based. There's a game called Scion Hero, where you play the demigod children of Greek gods in modern day. Hmm. And you like, it's much darker than Percy Jackson. Um, but I have always wanted to play it so bad. Well, we should do it for a podcast. <laughs> we should. Someday. All right. Well, I think that's it. That's it. We actually did it. We accomplished it. Um, thank you both for coming on yeah. and staying up so late. And Thank you for having us. Giving it your all. We do. We love hanging out with you guys. We could do it forever. Yeah, we love it too. Like you guys are the only ones that I would stay up this late to podcast <laughs> with. It's true. Very touching. Aww. 
We're sorry it has to be this late. Cameron has to be Oh, no, it's okay. (laughs) Darn kids. Darn kids. No, it's fine. And their little dog, too. They don't have a dog. If we didn't want to do it, we wouldn't have said yes. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, Yes, thank you guys again. Yeah. If you out there in Listenerville have any of your own thoughts, uh, places to sort them, if you want to sort them into abnegation or whatever the divergent houses are, feel yeah, I, free. I don't remember what any of them are called. No, I don't either. I didn't read them. So I never knew them in the first place. Um, districts in Hunger Games, put them all in it. Um, make sure to put Dana in the hoity-toityest one. She's from the capital. Yeah, she's just the capital. No district. I started that book like 17 times i never got past chapter two i didn't care for it and then i saw the movie thinking like this will motivate me to read the book and the movie and it did not it, it didn't it was it was fine it was okay yeah i think the first book is really good i, see- I think hunger games kind of brought us together oh wow like as friends it's one of the first things we talked about to each other we also played words with friends a lot Oh, yeah, that too. It does bring you together as friends because it's mm-hmm. in the name. <laughs> yeah, it was forced us. You have words with them. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you're not friends, you are by the end. I am not down <laughs> on the books or anything, by the way. I've just never been able to get into them for some reason. They're very difficult. It, I mean, it's so incredibly dark. And when you actually realize, like, you're reading this story and you're going, like, this game is happening in this story it kind of hits you very, very, very hard when you realize like all of these kids are dying for Mm -hmm. a game. Um, For people to watch. And Mm -hmm. we never watched the last movie. Like we knew that we couldn't. Well, we read the last book and that was rough. Mm -hmm. I saw part one of the Mockingjay, but never saw the final movie. Yeah. Interesting. Did you read the book? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just intense. I, I can give them another try. It's going to be. You don't have to. <laughs> yeah. You know what's really cool about reading? Like, you can read whatever you want that makes you happy. Mm-hmm. I'm reading Brent Week's Lightbringer right now. Very much. Mm. I read mostly cozy mysteries. So. Ooh, I'm a good cozy mystery. Oh, do you? <laughs> Are those sure. with the food pun names? Nice. Well, yeah. A lot of them have food pun names or like. I've worked a I don't lot. know, like candle making names or whatever. It's always like a little shop in a little town that's super safe and no one has to lock their doors, but they have like 22 murders in three years. They really should start locking their doors. <laughs> yeah. I took a detective fiction class in college and it was just the best. You did? Uh-huh. Did you really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <sighs> it ruled. This sounds really interesting. Major is there's just all sorts of strange classes you can take. Huh. One day I am gonna pick your brain about that. Okay, that'd be a fun. But not tonight. Yeah, definitely not tonight. <laughs> you have to go tend to the the nursery, the shrubberies. <laughs> <laughs> that is the department I work in. No, you nailed it. So really quick, just want to give a thank you to Busy Parker for the use of our theme song. You can find the link to the video that the song comes from in the episode description. And from there, find all of his other wonderful work mm-hmm. um, there. So again, thanks, Dizzy. Yeah. And if you're like, hey, they just started season four. It's way too early for them to be doing like a bonus, a bonus offshoot episode, episode. A, like a not episode episode is our show. You should know by now we do what we want. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, this will come out right after the first episode of season uh-huh. four. Between one and two. 
<laughs> so we wanted to hang out with our friends. Leave us alone. Yeah, leave them alone. <laughs> uh, I, no one's really going to complain. Yeah, there's been no complaints <laughs> so far. So it is what it is. That'll probably change yeah, after this. Wow. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you. It was great. All right. We'll talk to you guys soon. All right. All right. So from all of us here at Boy Means World Fever. So long, world. So long, world. When this boy means world.